Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing. We are having a great time digging into it, exploring it, trying to understand where it is, where it's headed, what all that means. And one of the top thinkers on this sort of subject is my good friend, Wayne Saden, who's been with us on Cloud Wars Live. Now, this is entering year four for Wayne. Uh, he's extremely popular. He's got a great following. And one of the things that Wayne brings to this discussion that's so valuable is he's been a CIO, he's been a chief digital officer, a chief technology officer over his distinguished career. And now he is helping CEOs and boards of directors determine the right sort of digital strategy and business strategy or digital business strategy to take them successfully into the future. Wayne, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to have you. Hey, Bob, it's always a pleasure to be here. Four years, wow, and uh, is this like dog years, cloud years? <laughs> it seems like well, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah, two of the three years were uh, pandemic years. So I think those were, those were extremely long years, uh, years without end. And Wayne, I got asked before we start, looks like there's some white, wrap, right, white wrapped bottles behind you over there, those new arrivals. No, in fact, um, I'm sitting in my beach house, which gets sold next week. So all oh, this wow. wine is going to get packed up and moved to temporary quarters until I decamp for the next spot. So, um, you know, life is change and the market for beach property is doing well. And, and I'll say this is a, a, my climate change initiative. I used to joke I was three hurricanes from beachfront in the Texas Gulf Coast, and now I'm only two. Uh, so it's time to move inland, and that's where I'm okay. going. All right. Well, that shows uh, strategic forethought, vision, planning, and, and so on, Wayne. So I like that. Now, I thought it was wonderful today. You got four topics. In some ways, you could say they are not related, but you have found a very intriguing and I think important thread connecting them all together. So, Wayne, let me turn it over to you. Well, the thread, as mostly, mostly what I talk about is tech from the top down. In fact, you know, that's the column at the board's job and the board's goal and how does technology affect that and get affected by that. So to me, I always look at things from not what is this shiny little object here, but how does it help the executives of the company make a better decision or avoid some pitfall down the road? Yeah. And so, Wayne, um, that is a, that's an eternal truth, as uh, Christian Anschutz calls them, right? That let's be uh, acknowledge the great new technologies that are coming up, acknowledge the importance of them, but remember, they're there to do a job. They're not the end result here or the, you know, the point of focus. So, Wayne, how does this all tie through here? And, uh, you know, the, the oh, solar winds now, some litigation popping up, and it's, it's aimed at some people in pretty high places. So what's this going to mean? Yeah, so I'm not a lawyer. I, I actually have to say it in this column because I'm going to be talking about legal concepts that I've learned from lawyers uh, that do securities law. And if you're on a board and you've been trained, you know about the board of directors having what's called a duty of care. If you're on the board, you are responsible for knowing enough about the company, the industry, the situations that you're overseeing to be able to uh, render good advice. Yeah. And that's called the duty of care. It's one of two or three duties that board members have. And so what's happened 
you know, SolarWinds has been sued several times over their breach that affected 18,000 potential customers. But now what's happened is a derivative lawsuit got filed. And what that means is they're not suing the company directly, they're suing the directors that, because they're derived from their board position, they're being taken to court. So what this means if you're a director is either your director and officer's insurance, your DNO insurance might protect you. But in the area of cyber, there's not a lot of litigation and not a lot of settled case law. So if I'm sitting on a board and I'm worrying about cybersecurity, this is going to be potentially a watershed moment. If we pierce the corporate veil, the lawsuit successfully attacks the directors, that means it goes after their assets. If you're a director, you probably have a couple of bucks in the bank. Well, now somebody's going after your money, not the company's money. So if you're a director, it says a couple of things. Number one, when you join a board, be sure you understand the DO policy. Um, again, legal advice from a non-lawyer, shouldn't do it. The other thing is the, uh, the standard of care is evolving. What should a board director know about cybersecurity? Well, five years ago, our expectations were probably quite a bit different than they are entering 2022. Uh, should there be an expert on the board? Should there be somebody with a cybersecurity or a technology background? You know, I keep beating the drum on the qualified technology expert director, somebody who can be on the board and ask the right technical questions and understand the answers. And so this is a watershed event because there've been several of these derivative lawsuits brought. Maybe this one will get through. And if it does, here's a prediction for your, uh, for your watchers. The landscape of cybersecurity will change dramatically because when somebody goes after the board's, the board members own wallets, their interest level goes way up. Yeah, Wayne, <clears throat> your, your last point there, interest level goes way up at different times. You know, I've heard that uh, question, are you interested or are you committed? And I think they'll go here from interest to commitment uh, and really start to pay more attention to these cybersecurity issues that have been around for a while. And Wayne, before we jump to your next subject, let me please just take a moment for a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A-game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. So, Wayne, you know, that is one thing that's sort of calling into reckoning this issue of cybersecurity. And while the next thing you want to talk about isn't so much such a threat, it's also one that I think requires a, a high level, you know, uh, from your perspective here, the top-down view of digital transformation. And we're using that term perhaps a little too broadly these days. Um, you're kind. I don't say a little too broadly. I say the term has been bent out of shape beyond recognition. And, you know, as we work on the industry cloud battleground and I work uh, with more vendors, I hear this term thrown out anytime somebody puts a piece of software. We just put a new microphone in. That's a digital transformation of our voice. We've just put in a new accounts payable system. That's a digital transformation of paying bills. So the problem is we debase the term. And so if you're sitting on a board or your CEO, what does that mean? When somebody says you need to digitally transform, what are we saying? 
So, you know, Bob, I've got an article coming out probably later this week or next week on acceleration economy, where I define the term digital transformation and the opposite, if you will, digital optimization. So I'm just going to take a moment and read what I wrote yesterday that will be published next week. So digital transformation is a CEO and board-led reimagining of an organization's culture, markets, products, customer experience, and employee experience that's driven in part or entirely by the promise or the threat of technology. And first of all, notice the word technology was the very last word I used. And the first phrase I used was CEO and board. And, And that's the important thing. This is not something that can be delegated. You can't be the, I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. The CEO looks at the CIO and goes, do one of those digital transformation things and let me know when it's done. Uh, or they point to a CFO. Or a CFO. Done here. Yeah. yeah, I've delegated it. I can tell the analysts we're doing it. And the problem, Bob, as we talked about earlier, is digital transformation is not a project. It's not a thing. It doesn't start and end. It's a mindset change. Because when we talk about culture, we talk about customer experience, employee experience, markets, products, we're getting at the heart of what you do. So my message for the board and for the CEO is think about whether you're really changing the nature of the business. Are you just making something faster? Are you just making something cheaper or better, but you're still doing the same business to the same customers in the same markets? That is important, but I define that as digital optimization. And that is something the CEO or the board can say to the CIO and the CFO and the CMO, Go do that because that is a series of steps. And in the article, I talk about why it's important to do both. It's not okay to do one and not the other, but you have to remember why they're different and the level of involvement needed from the board, needed from the CEO for one versus the other. I think that's absolutely important. Yeah, Wayne, I think that's a terrific point. And I often will try to steer the conversation, you know, digital transformation, it's there in flashing giant gold letters and talk about the what's the underlying business transformation, right? And then when the business transformation is used, led, it's CEO led, board led. Once you define that with all those stakeholders that you laid out there, then it's like, okay, digital now is going to be the tool or a set of tools, set of solutions that we use to achieve that. So I think it's a great point, Wayne. And and there's nothing wrong too, I think, as you've described here, digital optimization is a great thing, you know, wherever appropriate, let's put that in, but don't confuse that with, oh, we're now a different company because you have a new microphone or, you know, somebody put in a new printer, a new uh, account automation tool. I think, Wayne, if I could add one more tier onto that, from the transformation, optimization, and then automation under that. Automation is a fine thing too, but it's it should not be confused with those higher level optimization and transformation um, initiatives that you've described so eloquently. Well, if you want to think of it in, in two sets and, and a hierarchy, then automation is just how we do any of those things. Mm-hmm. So in, in the digital transformation, remember, I talk about the threat or the opportunity of technology. And what I mean by that is the threat of technology is Amazon comes out with a digital market and you don't have one. Airbnb changes the the lodging market. Uh, Uber changes the taxi and maybe the bus business. 
So unless you want to be Amazon or Uber or, or, or uh, Airbnb out of business, you've got to be thinking what technology can be used creatively to change the landscape offensively against me. The other thing is, how do we look at technology? There's an opportunity. If you're talking about healthcare, let's just take healthcare. What's the opportunity for me to operate on a patient around the world? Uh, Microsoft just put out a thing that said in Microsoft Teams, they had a surgeon in the US who could not get to Australia. Watch an operation being done via Teams and advising the surgeon just by watching what the camera was doing and they had this dialogue built. So the technology may offer you something. Now I've got Apple watches and uh, Samsung watches that monitor my, uh, my vital signs. What could I build if I had that? So if you're the board, you gotta be thinking, where are the risks to our company? Who's gonna get us either directly, the competitor we know, or the one that comes around? Yeah. And then what can we do if only we had this widget, we could do X. Yeah. And that's where the board, I think, really, I'll come back to this over and over again, having somebody that's aware of what does AI mean? What does IoT mean? What does 5G mean? What does low code mean? They can bring things to the boardroom that says, have you ever thought of X? Mm -hmm. Now let the board then mull on that. But if somebody can't bring them the ideas in the right context of the board, They'll never be exposed to that unless they read it in the paper and somebody beats them to it. Yeah, yeah. Wayne's a great point, great point. And Wayne, you know, it's funny, over the three years entering here, year four, that we've been working together, I always think you're perfectly reasonable. you got strong opinions. You back them up with a lot of logic and experience. But <clears throat> Wayne, it looks like out on LinkedIn, I think you've been picking some fights with people. So what's going on here? I've been picking this fight with everybody for years. And it goes like this. You see something post. And by the way, we just did a, a prove it where we argued about where the CISO should report. And I've written articles about it. We've done cloud wars on it. But yet I'll see a column at uh, LinkedIn that starts like this. Well, we all know the CISO should report to the board. Therefore, mm, wait a minute. Some of us don't know that. <laughs> and, and so I've taken on people now for the last couple of days and I've got the, the bully pulpit. I'm going to use it. Um, if you are not a board member, you may think of the board as big daddy, you know, the management's father, mother, grandparents, you know, the, the people the CEO goes to, to tell them what to do or tell her what to do. That's not the board's role. So if you're not on a board and haven't been trained, again, a little bit more legal education from the non-lawyer. Boards do governance. That's different than management. The reason boards exist is they solve what's called the agency problem. You own your own company, Bob. When you make a decision to spend money or not spend money, that affects your personal wealth. You make the decision based on your ownership. What happens when you're the owner, a shareholder, one of millions of shareholders, and now you hire these other people to manage your money for you, if you will, the direction of the company? Can they make decisions that are not the ones you'd want them to make? Can they make decisions that are in their own best interest that make you poor? And so the structure of a board is the board represents the shareholders and in modern thinking, the stakeholders, the environment, the world around us, the, the, uh, the climate change and the customers and suppliers and unions and everybody. But the initial focus was the shareholder. And so we've got boards that are solving that problem. They are not there to run the company. 
And so if you think about how a board works, there's only one person that really reports to the board, the CEO. The board can fire the CEO, can hire a new CEO, sell the company. That's really what a board does in, in practice. Now, they can influence things. Let me tell you, if you're on a board and the board says, I want to meet the CIO next week, the CIO will be there. If they want to meet the CSO, the CSO will be there. But that's different than reporting to the board. Um, so I want people who make this claim to understand that. And then we get down to the CISO should report to the CEO. Unless you're a tech company where the CEO came up through the technical ranks and is in the middle of the product discussion, take a typical company, construction company, logistics company, manufacturer, retailer, the CEO is not a tech expert. So now we have the CIO here and we have the CISO here both reporting to the CEO and we disagree. I think you should do this product. I think we should do that product. What do you do when two peers in management can't solve a dispute? You bring it to your boss. I've worked for a lot of CEOs in my career. Very few of them would I want to bring a technical discussion into their office because they should rightly throw me the hell out. Mm -hmm. And so building a structure that's going to cause this sort of problem is bad. The other thing I see, one last point is, well, we have to have the CISO report around the CIO because CIOs don't care about cybersecurity. What if they just choose to do stupid security stuff? And I actually said, I'm angry about that. People trust me with millions of dollars of company money and the future of the company in a lot of cases. And generally we make good choices. What if the CFO steals? What if the international tax person doesn't read the tax laws? What if the CMO can't tell one color from another and puts the wrong color scheme in? We're going to build this management structure in case somebody's incompetent or crooked? No. So there, there's my comment. The, the security function is vital. We all know that. The solar winds discussion that started the conversation, yeah. now we've come full circle. It is important. It is something the board cares about. But that doesn't mean the board is structured to allow the CISO to be a report of some mythical board group. You know, Wayne, I um, I did what a Cloud Wars Minute this morning, and I, I want to. I'm going to peek over here where I haven't written down this quote from Satya Nadella uh, on the last Microsoft earnings call. He said, "Digital technology is a deflationary force in an inflationary economy." And I really, uh, you know, applauded him <clears throat> for taking that view. Right. Too many tech industry CEOs take the sort of tech in view of things. And <clears throat> I think what Nadella does there, he raises it up to a very high strategic level. This is why information technology is important. This is why the cloud, this is why, you know, it's a deflationary force in an inflationary economy. So that I think ties into what you're talking about here, you know, the CISO and, you know, who should it report to and all that we're mistaking, you know, that bright, shiny object thing again. Well, isn't information security important? Yes, it is. Okay. So it should report to the CEO. Well, no, that's not really the issue there, right? You maybe in some companies it should, maybe in some companies it shouldn't, but that's an individual choice to be made there. And I think the tech industry needs to, continue to do a better job, take this tack like Satya Nadella did. What's the really big picture thing we're looking at here? And I think if we get that 
a little more of that type of perspective in Wayne, we're going to be able to understand, it's like, okay, we all agree that CISO is an incredibly important position, but let's be sure that that position is placed in the organizational structure and the culture and the workflow of the company to achieve our business ends, not some, uh, you know, sort of uh, academic graduate school debating class about, you know, uh, some mythical idea. So I, I, I think you make a great point. Thanks for bringing that out. I hope some of the folks on the other side of that debate are willing to keep their ears open and maybe learn a couple things from you. Well, as you know, I'm always willing to have a debate. I'm always willing to have a discussion. And uh, if you can prove it and bring the right facts, I'll change my mind. But so far, I haven't seen it. Yeah. So Wayne, one of the last things uh, it, it's been a blast working with you some on the industry cloud battleground week that we've got, uh, <clears throat> we're ready to roll out next week. What, no, you've been involved in so many of the discussions. What are your thoughts on that? Well, as we talked about, I'm going to be talking about four different industries. So I've been involved in retail, manufacturing, healthcare, and financial services. And I've worked in all four of those industries. And you know, the more I see from the vendors that have turned in their material for us analysts to review, the more I've seen they go like this. We've got to cover the core business functions, the basic tenets of business, buying, selling, hire, fire, make, buy, ship, return, that sort of thing. Then we've got to do our secret sauce, which may be a co-creation with our customers. Let's get together and understand what those customers do with this generic stuff and customize it for them. And that's the, so that's the second thing. We got to do the basics. We got to put the secret sauce for the vertical. And the third thing that I get from all of them is, and we have to work in the wider ecosystem of that industry, whether it's healthcare, retail, manufacturing, financial services. So it's interesting, you know, you and I have talked about the 80-10-10 rule. 80% is the same, 10% is industry, 10% is folklore or the one-third, one-third, one-third rule, which is how it gets implemented. But what I'm seeing from the vendors at a high level is supporting that thinking. We've got to be able to do all three of those things. And, and that, what I'm also seeing is they're all working to transform their customers. So this is a wonderful thing. And I think the, at the end of this battleground week, the clients are going to come away with a real understanding that there's transformation happening. Vendors are not just handing them boxes of parts and saying, here, build something cool. They're now saying, here's a mostly built thing. Now you can put your own paint on it and your own instructions and your own operating manual and deliver it. And so I think that I'm seeing a terrific realignment of the vendor into the business and into the vertical. And I think that's gonna only be a terrific thing for the, for the clients, the buyers into yeah. next year and the year after. Yeah, yeah. And Wayne, you know, I, uh, you and I probably chatted about this before, but, um, you know, you and I both have been around this business a long time. I have never seen a trend like this that is uh, that every single major tech vendor, this thing toward industry clouds, that every single major tech vendor is into it, fully behind it, talking about it more, bringing up on earnings calls. Um, putting some of their best people in the company on these initiatives and the speed and urgency that they're bringing to it. And it is an extraordinary trend. And Wayne, I think, you know, ultimately, if it's going in this direction, right, if, if that 80, 10, 10 
part of yours is now being reflected in the sorts of solutions and products that the tech vendors are making. I think that, you know, they're going to get to a point pretty quickly where industry cloud type of solutions are the leaders. They're, they're the things that sort of push the forefront. What, where then you need something a little more generic, you can step down that way. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think now these industry clouds are just beginning to come into existence and they're sort of seen as an exception. I think more and more they're going to become the norm and will fill in around the other parts where you don't need that deep specificity with you know horizontal applications. So I don't know if I'm if I'm hallucinating there, but what do you think? Well, you know, your Nadella quote is perfectly spot on for this. When you think about what he means by the deflationary factor, that just means our productivity goes up, our unit cost goes down. What does inflation mean, right? We're, think costs are going up. A deflationary product, which everybody says deflation is bad. When it comes to productivity, I'm an engineer. When it comes to productivity, deflation is good. Yeah. We are doing each unit of work cheaper. And so by putting in an industry solution, what the vendors are saying to me as a CIO is I've got 80%, 90%, 95% of what you'd have to craft uh, custom. I've got it out of the box and now you can customize it. And you know why is it happening this quickly? Because we've all built the cloud infrastructure, which is a very fast moving, very flexible infrastructure. We don't have to worry about things like servers and storage and networks anymore as IT people. And neither do the vendors. And with low code, no code, with uh, things like GitHub and the big data schemas and new data models, we can start building out productivity features quicker than we ever could. Mm -hmm. And so I think the vendors have said, I don't wanna be competing in the horizontal commoditized product. Everybody's got a database, everybody's got a general ledger, everybody's got an accounts payable system. How do I drive the stickiness up? How do I, and I do that by customizing a solution so my solution looks better and different than everybody else's. And so we're customizing to help the CIO. So the message for me is never to the CIO directly, it's to the board and the CEO. So let's talk about that at the high level. What Nadella is saying to boards is the technology is at your fingertips to change your cost curve, to change the amount of work you do per unit of input. And you're a fool not to take advantage of. Anybody that's sitting around going, I've got a 20 year old ERP or EHR or CRM or blah, 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 blah. I don't need to move it to the cloud. That's a fad or I don't care about that. You are gonna get run over by the acceleration economy by people that have essentially outsourced 80% of their healthcare structure, IT structure, 80% of their logistics structure, 80% of their manufacturing structure to a company that can put $10 billion a year into it. You know, I, I, I used to say, if you're, well, if you're GE, you, but now even GE isn't GE anymore. Yeah. So the tech vendors have hollowed out what software is eating the world and industry clouds are eating the software. And so if you're a board chairperson, if you're a C-suite executive that isn't technical, you better understand the implications of what Nadella is saying and what Microsoft and their competitors are delivering. Because if you're sitting with your old IT infrastructure that got you here and works great and has no bugs and everybody loves it, you're still dead. Yeah. You just don't know it. And so that's the downside. You got to get on this bandwagon 
or the acceleration economy is going to flatten you like roadkill. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a threat. What Medella said, it sounds very good, but it's really very threatening to people that are not on the bandwagon, yeah. right? Your yeah. unit cost is not going to go down as fast as everybody else's who bought, I say my software, but that kind of software. And so you're now facing a problem. I guess it's like when people were in the industrial revolution, we're still printing by setting type by hand when uh -huh. their competitors put in a linotype machine or put in a steam engine and they were you know, horse-drawn and water-powered machines. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that's what they felt like. Wow, that just went by really fast. What was that? That was a locomotive, you know. <laughs> Here we are, only the locomotive can't be seen, but you know, it's gonna flatten you just the same. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> Your inability to see it does not diminish its ability to flatten you. So Wayne, uh, great stuff. Wayne, I wonder if, can we do this here as a celebration of three years? Can, can we do a fist bump camera to camera? All right. Sure. We did it. That's been great, Wayne. You, uh, you just bring a sense of uh, common sense and clarity with a very high level strategic view of business and the influence technology can and should have on it. And uh, it's been a real pleasure and honor working with you here for these three years, Wayne. And I look forward to the next three even more. I do too. I mean, the stuff that's going on with acceleration economy, with cloud wars, with the industry you cover, you were really right there before other people realized there was an industry. And now other people are starting to catch up and ride the wave with us. And I'm just so happy that I was picked to be part of this group. So thank you and thank the acceleration economy group. And I look forward to the next few years as well. All right. And Wayne, in the sh much shorter term, Take care of those bottles behind you, okay? In the, in the upcoming move. Good luck with that. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Wayne. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope everything is going great for you. And we'll see you again soon.